welcome back to the Mother Gaia podcast. I'm so happy that you're all here today. Uh, just to start off this episode, like all others before it, is sponsored by the Mother Gaia merch store. You can go check it out at redbubble.com slash people slash Mother Gaia, and you can pick up uh, you know, t-shirts or sweatshirts or whatever your heart desires. Today we have a very special guest. He has thousands and thousands of followers on Twitter. This is at Tweet of Spirit. Is that with the underscore? It is. Yep. Yeah. Use the uh, underscore because the the old account got restricted. So. Right. Well, thank you, Spirit, for coming on here. I'll yeah, make sure absolutely. I'll leave a, a link to your account in the description below. Uh, how are you doing today? Uh, really good. Uh, it's good to be here. Uh, it's good to talk with you uh, over the phone. Um, I know that we have definitely interacted uh, frequently on Twitter, so it's uh, good to hear your voice. Thank you. It's been almost a year now. We're, we're uh, catching up on the like the one-year anniversary of when I started doing my comics, and that's about the time that we uh, started interacting. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, uh, it wasn't too much longer after that that I uh, requested specifically that you uh, create a uh, comic book character for Tweet of Spirit. Um, <laughs> and then it was a, a Nazi slashing bird, so. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <that laughs> or a was... burb, as some people would refer to him as. Yeah, that was. I remember that. That was, like, really funny. Because I remember getting, like,. Like, I was talking to Satan and Jesus, like, right in the beginning, and they were like, just do whatever you feel like. And then the fact that you, like, shouted me out, you were like, hey, we love the comics, and we want to see what you can do with us. And I was like, that, yeah. is, that is so cool. So I, I put as much work as I can into it. And it, Spirit's actually one of my, like, favorite characters to have in the comics. I, I use him pretty frequently. <laughs> <laughs> the last one that you did was great. I, the, I thought the that was hilarious. The bourgeoisie. Yeah, yeah, that was really funny. <laughs> yeah, was I'm, really a, funny. I'm a big fan of your comics. I, I read them oh. uh, as often as I can. So, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, let's see. Uh, since we're on the topic, how about you uh, tell me about your character? Like, where the idea came from, what your goal was, what inspired you to choose the Holy Spirit? Yeah, so uh, it's an interesting kind of background story. Um, so originally, well, let me just kind of get into how I got into Twitter just in the first place. So I, I, I was not uh, big into Twitter or anything like that. Um, and then once, once Trump actually won the election, mm -hmm. that's when I kind of recognized the power of uh, social media. Mm -hmm. um, and I felt like I needed to kind of be a part of that in order to help influence things in the other direction. Totally. So, uh, yeah, and that, that's just that's just kind of how I start got involved with uh, Twitter just in general. Mm -hmm. um, and I, uh, basically what kind of ended up happening was I was just kind of had my own account and was doing my own thing. And a friend of mine and I decided like, why don't we, what happened was that, do you remember when Trump did the whole thing where he like wrote out a tweet and then it broke and then it, he just had that word confetti in there. Yeah. You remember that? And they sent it out and it was like <laughs> sitting on, on there for like 16 hours and then nobody even like told him or anything. Yeah, um, yeah I remember that. Well, basically what happened was that there was all these like crazy accounts that were like simul they, they were like instantaneously built um, when that happened. And there was like Confefe, the destroyer, Confefe, the summoner and all this stuff. <laughs> and it was like they were interacting with each other. And I thought it was just the most hilarious thing I'd ever seen. So That's awesome. basically what happened was that a buddy of mine and I, um, we created a couple of parody accounts and we were just interacting with each other online. <laughs> and they, they were they were like quasi popular. They weren't really that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And then one day I was like, well, I should I should kind of um, I, I had thought about like just like the religious accounts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then I was thinking like the Holy Spirit is interesting because it, it has no really kind of no definition. Like nobody even really understands like what it is. <laughs> I mean, if, if you look at if you look at God and you if you look at um like Jesus and other religious figures, mm -hmm. all of them have some form of definition to them, you know, mm -hmm. good or bad, what have you. And, but it was like, it's always like with, with respect to like theology and stuff like that, they'll be, they'll be like, you know, God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like the Holy spirit's just kind of this like redheaded stepchild that hangs out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you don't know, 
what is it? No, nobody yeah. even understands, like, how, how do you define it? And there's a couple of Bible passages on it that, like, kind of loosely acknowledge it. And, you know, one of them, obviously, uh, of importance is the the creation of Jesus, right? Uh, right but, yeah. I mean, outside of that, there's not really a ton there. And so there's this massive vacuum that exists around this figure or this, like, spirit or essence or whatever it is. Um that really kind of was has never been filled, you know. And when I I looked on Twitter, because <clears throat> before I created the character, and I went to just check to see, is there any other accounts that have like the Holy Spirit, you know? Mm. And there were a few here and there, but none of them were really like parody type accounts. Right. <clears throat> and so I was like, well, I'll just run with this, and I'll just kind of I'll just it, because the vacuum exists in real life, and it also exists on Twitter, yeah. then it it kind of needs to be filled. So I I was like, I'll just create this weird character, and then just kind of roll with it. And originally, it just kind of started as <clears throat> there was a, a ton of Jesus accounts back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember like, that. Yeah, like May, June, two thousand eighteen, mm -hmm. right? There, and they would all kind of like get together and interact with one another. And then what would happen is I would jump in there and I would just say, "I have been summoned," and that that's kind of how the Holy <laughs> Spirit started. And then you know all the Jesus accounts would be like, "Oh my God, this guy again!" Like, get out of here, Spirit, you know. And I'm, you know, I, I would just be like the punching bag, which was a perfect role for the Spirit, you know, because yeah, it's just what is it, you know? It's it's the redheaded stepchild. Exactly right. <laughs> it's like the kind of the thing that nobody wants around, but it's still there, you know. You like you can't get rid of it and stuff awesome. and um and that's kind of how it started and then what happened was that and it is similar to your story how you just kind of created a comic and then overnight you had 50 50 new followers yeah i uh i um what happened was that you know the tweet of god account like mm -hmm. the big one that's got like six million yeah um he posted something and then uh son of god and man our buddy jesus who's yep. been uh ostracized from twitter about eight times very realistic to the typical story of jesus as well right exactly <laughs> he's like he's like, been crucified many times um but he he uh he just replied to the tweet of god account and then i replied to the jesus account right mm -hmm. and it was just it was absolutely nothing i mean it was just i just replied something and i literally went to sleep and then the next morning i woke up and I had a thousand new followers overnight, wow. like a thousand people liked. Yeah, it was crazy. It, it was like somebody had replied that um, I'm following God. I'm following Jesus. I may as well follow the Holy Spirit as well. And then all these people started following the account. And I was like, holy cow. So that's that's kind of when things shifted, because I thought to myself, well, this this may be like a kind of a, a niche thing, you know what I mean? That people can kind of get into and stuff. Um, but it was still like the character didn't really have too much definition yet. It, it was still like in the stages of evolution. Mm -hmm. And I mean, te technically it still is, but Always it wasn't. In, right, exactly. And it, but it wasn't until like probably like late summer 2018. And I, I just I, I just tweeted this thing out and it was just like. Um, you are all of me and I am all of you except Nazis fuck them and, and that was it you know what I mean like and and then that tweet just like blew up and then I was like okay so now I have like some form of direction for this for this character like so that, that sparked the the Nazi thrasher right uh, exactly that we now know yeah and I mean and it all it's all like interrelated you know mm -hmm. because the thing is that you know, that, that is me, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not, that is the character, but it's also me. And when I, when I'm talking about Nazis, I'm talking about, you know, the Trump supporters, the MAGA people, you know what I mean? The people that live in this world that's just filled with denial and mm -hmm. filled with blame and all this. And, it, you know, it, it's it, the Nazis were gone as a political party, right? But they're still here. I mean, they're just they're just they threw on dis different costumes and they call themselves a different name. Mm -hmm. So and yeah, what are from they, the Proud Boys or something like that. Yeah, well, just or whatever. I mean, like you know, you just look at Trump supporters. They're <laughs> completely think it's totally acceptable to lock up children inside of cages and stuff like that like uh, things that are unacceptable mm, you know totally. um and it's just that boiling of the frog and so forth so but i mean like the reason why i captivate or i capture it under that that uh, under that like that title 
is because I know how Twitter is. And if I, if I'm just like attacking Trump supporters on a daily basis, then they're going to come after me. <laughs> Twitter's <laughs> going to come after me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's not what I want to do. So, so I just, I kind of just put it all under that umbrella, you know? So, but, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of where it went. And, um, I like it. Yeah. A, I think that's a, de- a very, uh, awesome story. And it was, I, I assume that you chose Nazis because it's, it, that is like the blanket statement. So like, it obviously is. no one's going to try and defend a Nazi. Exactly. Right. <laughs> it's like, and I think somebody even said like, fuck Nazis on their account. And, and then they were flagged. Um, and then Twitter came back and they were just like, we don't see anything wrong with this. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> now I know that this is fine. You know, that's awesome. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's, and it's now the account, it really just goes after the insanity of everything. You know what I mean? Because it's just, if you if you believe that the world is flat, like mm-hmm. you're you're fucking nuts, man. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, these are these are things that have been disproven for centuries or thousands of years. You know, oh, it's yeah. just madness, and or you know, like the the anti-vaxxers and and you know, or the people <laughs> that think that the you know that the that that man-made uh, global warming isn't a real thing. You know, mm-hmm. when when you could just see it with like basic observational skills, <laughs> like you don't even need the science. You yeah. know, I mean, it's just it's nuts. There's a there's a couple characters that I have to be really like careful with, like when I use them in my comics. Like, there's one that's just like the boomer. Then there's one that's just it's a red character that says "Make America Great Again," and then it has the MAGA hat on it. Yeah, uh, the the flat Earth obviously is uh, a prominent character in the comics, but like you got to be really careful with those because like usually they're just when I do use them, they're just supposed to be like the butt of the joke because right. it's not actually like threats or insults or anything like that. Yeah, but the one time when I did get banned back in February, it was because I was making fun of. Um, like flat earthers and climate change deniers and uh, MAGA people and all of them and so I like I actually ended up making a comic about how that one was the violation out of all of the things that happened on Twitter I know it's it's just it's total just madness you know and the, the way that Twitter is is completely fine with these accounts that are verified and they just they spread hate you know what I mean a lot of them are white nationalists and stuff like that and oh, yeah. they could just get away with whatever they want you know because <laughs> in the eyes of Twitter it's all good you know but it's uh it's sad I mean you know it is a microcosm of just kind of the way things are in real life yeah, um that's... But I mean, as long as I mean, the, you could you could argue really that Twitter's platform gave Donald Trump the presidency, you know, I, and I definitely think that it has. And it also it also saved him from the investigation, too, because he was constantly able to, you know, um, dictate whatever the media was talking about simply by sending out six tweets in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, and that would be. Exactly. Be enough to throw it off. Yep. Yeah. They they feed right into his catnip, you know, yeah. and that's uh, it's a problem. Uh, I mean, and Twitter just is completely fine with it mm-hmm. <laughs> because you know he's got what thirty two million followers or something or sixty four. Yes. It's it's up like there. Mm-hmm. So, you you posted the other day about a. Um, it was like, however, you get a hundred likes, and then I'll release a new fact every fifty retweets. That'll be an extra fact. Yep. Um, one of those I noticed was you have a degree in political science. Yes. What made you decide to go into such a uh, aggressive field nowadays? Uh, Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> and I, like, I, I say that I say that, and it sounds like a joke, but in reality, that it kind of is true in a right. certain sense. So, I, um, I, I was I was actually working, and I I got injured at my job, um, and I uh, and basically what ended up happening was a, a drill bit snapped, and it hit me in the eye. It was like a really nasty injury, and I was you know involved in this career and doing engraving and all this stuff and mm-hmm. and so basically it completely ended my career wow. and what i was doing and uh 
and I was on the sidelines for a while and I just had to kind of make some life decisions as to what it was that I was going to do. And I really kind of had no clue what I was going to do. Um, but I was pretty uninspired, uh, by what was kind of taking place. You know, you had the war in Iraq and everything, and there's like stuck in this quagmire out in Afghanistan and, um, just like kind of this general sense of powerlessness, right? Uh Because, uh, um, it's just people are making decisions and it kind of doesn't really matter what you think. They're just going to do them anyway, you know, mm-hmm. and it affects people's lives. Um, so, and I, I basically, what, what happened was I was actually just watching a show on the history channel on the, it, you're going to, you're going to like laugh your ass off when you hear this. It was, it was on the rise of Hitler. <laughs> yeah. So it was on the rise of Hitler. And uh, I mean, it, it's, it is an interesting history just in general. I Definitely. mean, like if you are interested in history, mm-hmm. but, uh, but uh, you know, I'm not like interested in the fact, I, I mean, like Mein Kampf is just evil, you know what I mean? Right, like, yeah. but it, it, it really focused on like his awareness as to how to shift uh like a democratic system you know he was despite how terrible he was he was a really good like public speaker he knew how to turn a crowd yeah he was he was a great orator um and he was and he was intelligent you know what i mean like he knew what he was doing Uh, Mm -hmm. but the the thing it it was really just more of an observation from a historian Mm -hmm. um and he said that what hitler had realized was that in order to change a system you have to become a part of it and i and that when when that guy said that on the show like kind of the light bulb went off in my mind Mm -hmm. you know i mean like there's all this stuff happening in the world and i disagree with a lot of it but i feel powerless to change it what is it that I have to do? I, I have to become a part of it. You know what I mean? So hmm. that's, that's what drove me. Um, so it's like kind of like a, a very negative example, but it like inspired me to do positive things. You know what I Definitely. mean? Like, no, yeah. I think that when people see the worst parts of the world, that's when they use that to uh, grow and expand and help other people. Yep. Absolutely. So I went to um, I decided to go to school and study political science. And I I didn't want to just be that guy that graduated with a degree in political science. And then I was just kind of like, what am I going to do? So I did a lot of extracurricular type stuff like I interned over at the United Nations. Um, Yeah, no, it was great. And then I studied abroad in Australia, uh, interned for a congressman and stuff like that. So but I I just really wanted to be engaged in the process and just the experience of college which is a a very great experience obviously so what you said that you uh interned or you studied abroad in australia how'd that how'd that come to be um well i mean it's a uh it's an amazing country i i just wanted to kind of learn about a new culture and uh you know just kind of explore just kind of gain gain that exposure to something different you know um and i and i definitely learned a lot uh just from being in another country i I think that one thing that americans don't realize about themselves uh is that they're they're very very isolated from the world you know um and it's you don't really and like you can visit another country and then come back to the united states and still not really realize that i think that um you know, in living in another country for a period of time, I really came to become very, very aware of the fact that the oceans that separate the United States from the rest of the world, for the most part, you know, Canada is very culturally similar to the U.S. And, yeah. You know, Mexico is different, um, but it's just kind of like, OK, I'm visiting Mexico and then I go back. You know, I, a lot of people don't live in Mexico or anything like that. Right, yeah. um, it's uh, it's very eye opening. You know, I, I remember I, I said something, it was like the most trivial thing ever. <laughs> I, I, somebody, we, I was working and somebody said, uh, um, yeah, uh, daylight savings is coming, you know, uh, this Monday. And I was like, you guys have daylight savings here? I, I thought that was only something that happened in the United States. And or I'm like, I thought that's something that only happened in America. And the guy just like laughed in my face. He's like, that's something only an American would think, you know? And I was just like, wow. I'm like, he's totally right though. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that probably is something only an American would think. Cause I, we're just like unglued, yeah. you know? And I think that that's, that's part of our problem, you know, is that we're just kind of this like big dog 
you know, and we're swinging our t- wagging our tail around. And we don't know all the, we don't realize all the stuff we're breaking inside the China shop and stuff. And um, that's a really good analogy for how the United States interacts with the rest of the world. Yeah, I mean, we're just kind of clueless. I, like, I, I think that, uh, but for a large part, you know, a lot of our country is very, not 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 the entire country is like that. You know, there mm-hmm. are people that are very. Um, uh, just mindful uh, of the of the impact that we have on the world, and I think that with the awareness around um, climate change and global warming, that's also coming into play too. Because it's you know it's just like climate the the, the world doesn't care about the fact that uh, you're some country. You know what I mean? Like if you're dumping a ton of shit into the environment, that's that's impacting everybody. <laughs> you know what that I mean? Just, that just messes up the entire planet. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And there are no boundaries. I uh, I don't know if you knew this, but before I was making comics, the only reason that I made the Earth account was because I wanted to, um, like talk about like climate change and uh, try and like get people aware of it. And then I it was like right after Christmas when I decided to make um, my first comic, and I was like, huh, okay, so now I can I can. I'm getting people coming in, like, seeing the comics, and that's what grabs their attention. And then they stay because I'm yelling at them to pick up trash every morning. (laughs) Speaking of climate change, do you know Greta Thunberg? Uh, Yeah, she's that, uh, the young... She's the girl, right? That's yeah. that like just did the testimony yesterday on uh, mm-hmm. Capitol Hill, I think. Yeah, and she's why. like a strong advocate for um, for like fighting against climate change. Mm-hmm. She is a 16-year-old Swedish girl that last year decided that she was going to go on a strike. The outside, like she wasn't going to go back to school until um, the Swedish. I guess that it's like a parliament or a congress or whatever they have there um, until they actually did something. And I don't know if you ever watched any of the videos of this girl talking, but I want her to be a politician in the United States. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because <laughs> she, it's very matter of fact, she doesn't leave any openings for people to make backhanded comments. She knows what she's about. And it, she's she's been going like all over the world. Um she, I think she's spoken in, like, at least 50% of European countries, and now she just, uh, like, came to America. And um, uh, Helios actually got to meet her. She lives in Washington. Oh, wow. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and she's a journalist, and she actually got to, like, go up and meet her. And she said that she felt awkward because she's this, like, 24 year old that was like going up to this 16 year old so excited to to talk to her but it was it was incredible i i think that she is doing the work that hundreds should be doing millions yeah. should be doing <laughs> right i know if the if the it all could change today you know uh-huh. if if you it's just that people have to make the decision to change it and it, it you could shift it back in the right direction it's just the will isn't there you know it's what's sad is that the i think that the will is there among i mean most people agree that something has to be done you know mm-hmm. but it's just that the people that really can change it they just the will isn't there with them you know and uh i mean it's the same thing with like guns you know it's the same exact problem you know, you look at the country. It, what is it? It's crazy. It's like eighty-nine percent of people agree that there should be stronger regulations on it's gun control. It's the, the people that could be doing things about it are the ones that don't care. Exactly, they choose not to, and it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it's just unfortunate and sad because you know six people die from a vape, and that instantly becomes illegal. Right, I know. Well, and they it was somebody else had given a statistic. It was like one person, one child died from a lawn dart, and then they instantaneously like made them they they made them illegal or they made them yeah. they regulated them or changed them in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, I think in most of the United States, lawn darts are illegal. That's you know actually, you know how like um, they have like tamper-proof medicine tops, like you go to like the store and you pick up like an ibuprofen yep yes so those are tamper proof and the reason that that 
like happen was because back in the 80s there was a guy that was going around and just like taking like a syringe of like cyanide and like pushing it through the top of the um of the thing and that was literally it so everyone talks about how great it is that they have these tamper-proof uh medicine uh bottles but it it only became like a one-time thing that had never happened before and that it was just that one instance yeah and it's it's uh it just goes to show that you can change things if you really want to you know timothy mcveigh right the oklahoma city i mean bombing how many regulations are there on fertilizer (laughs) you know what i mean just because of that one incident and yeah it's and i i i'd like to say i wonder why they are um like why some of these issues are like they don't act on them and it's it's pretty much clear the answer is money people are getting money from these things and so they're not going to make them illegal right yeah it's it's uh corporate interests special interests mm -hmm. right i mean like and the nra it's just it's all it is it's a it's it's like a beat-up dummy you know what i mean like because a lot of a lot of people point to the nra Mm -hmm. but the nra works on behalf of gun manufacturers gun manufacturers funnel money into the nra so that the gun manufacturers have cover right Mm -hmm. so they just set up this this test dummy that everyone beats up on like a pinata Right. Um, but it's really it's the gun manufacturers that are the problem at the end of yeah. the day. They're the ones that are making the guns and really getting the money out there to, uh, to mm-hmm. politicians. And it's the same thing with uh, with tobacco. Like um, Marlboro was one of the biggest like supporters of uh, Jewel, and then Jewel became an issue, and people started. There was a big spike in Marlboro stocks. And it's, you know, it, it's, they don't have to worry about these things because people are always going to be, uh, like putting money into that. Yep. Yeah. And in 10 million people a year die from smoking. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I mean, it's not even close, you know, it's crazy. There's big problems and big money in those problems. And that's why they're not going away. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, people people need to choose to just they have to just make different decisions. I I, I have I have more faith in the upcoming generation um, oh, because so. <laughs> they are the ones that see um, they they're the ones that seem to. I mean, they, the reality is is they they have to live with the consequences, exactly. right? Um, I always laugh because it's always the, the, the boomers and the uh, and the millennials. They're always pointing the finger at one another and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, but it's it's really kind of the generation that's under them uh, that that is experiencing the consequences, mostly of the actions of the boomers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll point the finger at the boomers, too, Yeah. Um, because There's... they're the ones that just kind of took everything and just like, all right, we're just leaving the garbage behind sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was. um uh there was i think there was a statistic that came out and i don't remember where exactly it came from it might have come from the washington post that we have officially passed the point where there are more millennials and gen z people that will be voting in the 2020 election than there are boomers alive wow yeah so i you know i hope (laughs) i hope and pray that we can keep moving forward from there um i hate to uh give forward my preference but i don't know if uh you've noticed there's a candidate that i really like running for president named andrew yang right now and he has a like kind of like a campaign slogan where it's not left not right but forward and i think that i don't care who you vote for i think that that's a a policy that people really need to realize is that We've had a two-party system in this country for 250 years, and it's not making it any easier. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's extremely hard to break too, because oh, they yeah. they build laws specifically to uphold that system. It's like it's one of the only things the two parties agree on anymore is making it next to impossible for <laughs> for another candidate <laughs> from a third party to even be involved in anything. Definitely, I don't know, maybe like you said maybe this next generation is going to turn things around but we're just going to have to wait and see 
Yeah, I, I, I think that they're that they are already right. So oh, like, yeah. if, if you look at the kids like, um, from uh, it was Stoneman Douglas, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're, I mean, they're already they've already even even if they had only uh, made the the changes to the gun laws or help influence that process in the state of Florida alone, mm-hmm. they still would have made more of an impact than I think really most people have, <laughs> you know what I mean, over the course of a very very long time historically, right. and and now they're like kind of now it's like going really going national, and I feel like the uh, just the the debate has shifted you know in a in a direction that's uh, hopefully that we're going to make some positive progress at least on that front definitely um speaking of progress or in this case lack thereof did you hear about what happened with justin trudeau i did yeah that's <laughs> uh just kind of an unfortunate situation i personally i really liked justin trudeau and I liked the things that he has done for the country of Canada, but, you know, admitting to two instances of putting on blackface, and then earlier this morning on, I hate to date the episode, but uh, September 19th, uh, there was a third one that came to light. It was like a video of him just like in a college classroom with blackface on. Oh, God. And, you know... He said that he didn't know it was racist, but at that point, someone had to have told him. Like, he had done it multiple times with multiple groups of people. Yeah. So it's, you know, how do you, how does someone deal with knowing that someone has done that? Like, he's still the prime minister. He's not going anywhere until they, until the elections are over. But, like, how, how does, how does someone deal with, knowing that someone they've looked up to has done something so stupid yeah i mean it's it's hard it's hard to to do that because it's you know when you're when you when you like look up to somebody like that and then you find out this thing about them and then they they clearly uh mishandle (laughs) the explanation you know, that's just not, it's just not a good explanation. I mean, like you just own up to it. Like you, you were young, you were stupid, you were, you mm-hmm. made bad decisions. And then, you know, you just take ownership of the fact that it happened and stuff. And then you move forward. Mm-hmm. I, but like now it's just becoming this convoluted shit show <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And then it's yeah, going to become a problem because then you start losing more respect for them because, yeah. you know, it's like, I really respected you. I respected the things that you did then i found out this thing about you and now you're not really explaining it that well so now i'm starting to even question your honesty you know what i mean like about right. the entire situation or you're just your your honesty as a person in general Definitely. so um yeah no that's it's it's unfortunate i, I hate seeing shit like that because and it happened like with the uh, the me too movement right like oh, a yeah. lot of a lot of like really great actors and stuff mm-hmm. get totally called out and you're like man i really like that actor that sucks mm-hmm. but i can't i can't respect this guy anymore he's obviously a piece of shit yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean so and, and it, it, what also goes along with that is that like um do you remember a couple months ago someone called out uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson for that. Yeah. That I was looking into that, and there's been a lot of uh, like articles written on that that those claims might not be true. And I've read his response to it, and like I love Neil deGrasse Tyson, and I I'm I'm kind of like fifty fifty because like I hate to say that like the victim is uh lying and no one believes them because like i know people that uh that's happened to where i know that it actually did happen right but like in this case it's so like far away from us and things like that pop just like pop up in social media and so it's it's really hard to make judgments on that um so i just i kind of stay neutral it's a it's a really upsetting subject that that's something that we have to deal with in today's world right and it's it's extremely unfortunate for you know but it's 
So like we're looking at it from the out, we're on the outside looking in, you know, mm-hmm. and the thing is, is that the people that are victims of, um, you know, sexual assault and rape and stuff like that, they're the one, they're the real ones, the true victims, you know? And, and so it's mm-hmm. like, and this culture has been built up all around to basically say, well, I don't really believe you because I, I know this guy and he's a great guy and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so it's like, it makes it even harder for them to, to like come forward and everything. And it's just, it's just a brutal uh, situation for them. Um, I think the me too movement was, was amazing. Um, and oh, yeah. Yeah, it's obviously still very present. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a lot of really good Twitter accounts um, uh, that kind of like emulate that. Uh, but the, yeah, with the, with, uh, with Neil Tyson, I, I think that I, and I, I'd kept tabs on that too. I, I think didn't mm-hmm. like discovery or something like that, do an yeah. independent investigation on him. And mm-hmm. it came up that nothing really shook out. Right. Right. Yeah. It was, there was one, it was like the, the one girl had tried to been saying that he had been like sexually abusing her for like 30 years now. And in every investigation into it, it's been like unsubstantial. Right. So, and, and it, and even, even after all of that, we still don't know, you know what I mean? The only, the only people that know are, are him and her and that's mm-hmm. it, you know? Um, and all we can do really is take them both at their word, but it's mm-hmm. hard to know like what the truth is. Cause you know, neither of us were there. We didn't, none of us were there. Right. It was just right. those two. And um, it makes it such a hard thing to talk about, but it's definitely something that needs to be talked about in today's world. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's. I think that the more people talk about it, the better it is. Um, mm-hmm. Because I think that there's a lot of things that people accepted as social norms, mm-hmm. um, which to women are unacceptable, you know? Right. But it's just that because they were accepted as social norms for so long, um, that people just didn't realize that they were not acceptable, <laughs> that the behavior wasn't acceptable, you know? Yeah, so I think that the more people um, are open about it and the more they talk about it, the better it is for everybody. I think so too. I completely agree. Um, speaking of that, there is a, uh, there's a section that I like to do on my podcast called what did he do? And that is basically where we just discuss things that Donald Trump has been doing over the last week. Um, have you heard anything about the whole whistleblower uh, situation? So I just only today. Um, so I know I think there was an article out of the Washington Post, right? Mm-hmm. Is that what happened? Um, yeah. And basically he was having a phone call with uh, some foreign leader is what I, I it was it was actually multiple uh foreign leaders let me see if i can okay. pull it up because there was it's um the issue is that someone in the white house uh filed a complaint that donald trump had made a uh a like commitment or something to a foreign leader yep and and i you probably know better than i do about um about the term whistleblower being like in political science do you think that you could explain it a little bit uh well i mean the the best that i mean the best like definition that i understand it is like an insider that provides insider information um Mm -hmm. to the appropriate authorities when they think that there's misconduct that's uh being essentially that's taking place that's that's the kind of the best definition that i could probably assign to it okay um that definitely helps i i it says that there were it was conversations between uh putin and the ah here it is from kim jong-un uh the leaders of pakistan Qatar and the Netherlands. So, you know, the Netherlands, that could probably just fit in with Trump having a hissy fit about not being able to buy uh, Greenland. Um, but, you know, a couple weeks ago, there was him trying to, claiming to 
in, have invited the, uh, the Taliban into Camp David. Uh, and then also, uh, you know, just the whole presidency involving Russia situation. So anything, any foreign leader that he could be talking to, that could be like an actual problem, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, one of my biggest concerns when he was getting elected was that I don't trust him to be talking with foreign leaders because if he sees someone in a turban, he's going to immediately call them a terrorist. And, like, you know, that, that still holds true today. I don't, I don't believe that he would be good with international relations. Oh, no, yeah. I mean, and I mean, his entire foreign policy really has been a failure. I mean, like, mm -hmm. I can't, like, really, if I, if I, I'm just trying to think it through here. I'm trying to pinpoint some some type of a success that he's had in terms of his foreign policy. I, like I know that early early on, it seemed like the relationship between um, him and or the United States and France mm -hmm. seemed pretty strong. Um, yeah, I think true. that maybe the best thing that we can look at is that he hasn't destroyed NATO <laughs> because that was that was probably yeah. like one of the biggest concerns going in and was that he was going to um that he was going to basically just remove the united states from nato right and that would have been insanely problematic but i mean like mm -hmm. maybe that maybe that's one thing i could say that he's kind of helped a little bit is um he's 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 influ or he's like kind of pushed those countries to um donate more money towards towards nato mm -hmm. um which is not really a trump specific policy that's that's something right. that other presidents throughout I think essentially really since the creation of NATO mm -hmm. have always pushed for, right? Yeah, that, that kind of ties in with like um, like if you're trying to find something that he's done, then you could say that the economy has grown since the Obama administration. But yeah, that's true. But that's, 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 that's it's really just him riding the coattails <laughs> of what the Obama administration left over. It, it hasn't changed at a rate that is like drastic it's pretty much just gone up at the same rate that it, uh obama had right or the mark the trajectory of the market has increased but that's also because the tax cuts were focused on corporations and then they mm -hmm. took that money and invested it in themselves <laughs> yeah. in the stock market right yep. so they did uh, corporate buybacks I, I one thing that i do uh really like was when i i worked for uh CVS Pharmacy for two years and when I was working there CVS was one of those like fortune 500 companies that got the big task uh, tax cuts and instead of dropping down uh, like prices or anything in the stores what they did was they raised minimum wage at like the starting wage at the stores to $11 an hour okay which I was okay with that, but also that's not exactly like, like yeah, they he was the one there that was giving the tax cuts, but it was CVS's decision. They could have totally done something else with it. Right. Well, and also I would question like what was their specific motivation behind that because mm -hmm. I think that they're aware, right, is that having a Republican president with a Republican Congress mm -hmm. is going to help their financial interests. So it's almost – it looks good on the surface to give a nice minimum wage raise <laughs> to, <laughs> to people that are you know working with the company too. And, and I think that that was kind of the same thing with the bonuses and stuff that – I think AT&T gave out and there were some other companies like that. Isn't that funny how uh, corporations always seem to work with uh, Republican led politics? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's in their nature, you know, because, and, and not, not every single corporations like that. Right. So there right. are, I mean, like and, and Andrew Yang, right. He's a, he's an entrepreneur and he has yes. his own business and everything like that. And he's not like that. Mm -hmm. um, he's very pro capitalist. Um, right. And, and, and he has kind of his own vision for what capitalism means. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, it, it's the nature of businesses to survive, you know, and Definitely. when you're in existing in a like literally, a, you know, a market based system 
that you have to stay competitive. The only way to do that is to make more money than other other companies. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so like you're gonna turn to the to the um, people that help you make more money. You know. Mm -hmm. so. Definitely. All right. So next, he did you hear that he is suing his the accounting firm that he's been uh, working with for like a majority of his life? I did not, um, but it doesn't surprise me. Uh, is what's the reason behind it? So, the I forget who it was exactly, but they subpoenaed his tax returns and his accounting forms for both him personally and uh, Trump Enterprises. Okay, that's what I figured because it's always you know he's always the counterpunch guy. So like if somebody comes after him, then especially in a legal fashion, then he just files a lawsuit. Like that's mm -hmm. that's what he's always done from a business perspective. Um, and I'm also like when people come after him. Uh, what do you mean? Like the the idea that they're trying to do is that they're they want to see. You know, if he's actually committing tax evasion or fraud or something along those lines, but would that help? Because there's a huge gray area in the Constitution where it's not certain if a sitting president can face criminal charges. The general idea is no, not really, but it, it's not very specific. So if they do end up getting his tax returns what are they going to do with it yeah i i don't know um i mean <laughs> but a a sitting president right there are there are open questions about that um whether or not a sitting press president can like face any legal consequences mm -hmm. um we know for sure that a that a former president can right face legal consequences right i i think that I, it, it honestly, and this is going to sound like conspiratorial, which is kind of funny coming from me because I'm somebody that's very anti-conspiratorial, but mm -hmm. it, would, it would not shock me at all if Donald Trump literally resigned from the presidency the day before like his term ended and then had Pence essentially like pardon him of any crimes, you know, because hmm. you can that is something that you can do. That is something that you can do. Yeah. Interesting. Ford, Ford did that with Nixon. I know because um, hmm. I mean, you could basically just like wipe the slate clean like you are not guilty of anything involving any investigation <laughs> whatsoever. Right. I don't know. That's at the federal level, though. I don't know. Uh, right. You know, I don't think that uh, that applies to the state level. Hmm. Although I'm not a legal scholar either, so. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and so that covers the what did he do section. Now, uh, you know, we're coming towards the end of it. I just, I like to do a thing called This Week in History. So this is just a couple of the most interesting things that I thought that uh, people should know or could enjoy learning about uh, just to... Uh, talk about and I thought that uh, we could discuss it a little bit yeah sounds good alright so this week in history Jim Henson the founder of the Muppets was born in 1936 I thought that was interesting that was the 23rd of September um, I love that guy I don't know if you've ever watched um, some of his uh, like some of the things from when he was alive or even his funeral was uh, like the the Muppets and like Sesame Street characters were like singing at his funeral. Oh, that's it was awesome. One of the saddest things that I've ever seen, but it was really cool. <laughs> Sad but inspiring at the same mm -hmm. time. Yeah, it was like Miss Piggy and Kermit and Elmo and Big Bird, Grover, all of the, all of like the big names. They were all uh, sitting there and it was... It was kind of intimate, but it was like there wasn't that many people there. There were a lot of puppets, and it was live streamed, like it was on television. So I thought that was interesting, and rightfully so. He was a, he was like a like a, a class entertainer. He created things that people would love for generations. Yeah, I mean, like even to this day, there's like there's Muppet and Sesame Street gifts on Twitter. <laughs> you know mm -hmm. what I mean? There's parody Definitely. accounts devoted towards like <laughs> those characters. Yeah. Um, who's your favorite Muppet? Um, oh, 
I would have to say uh, probably Cookie Monster. Mm, that's a good choice. I love uh, Animal. Yeah, yeah, Animal's good. Animal's the, good. The drummer from Electric Mayhem. Yeah. I mean, like, I, the thing that's interesting about Cookie Monster, I mean, the guy's, like, obviously has a major pr- addiction. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, why doesn't anybody let this guy know, like, hey, man, you've been overdoing it with a cookie, like, to the fa- <laughs> to the point to where literally your name is Cookie Monster. It's, you need to get some do help. You re- <laughs> do you remember back in, like, the early 2000s? It was, like, 2006 to 2009. He, or I guess that was late mid-2000s, uh, but he was he became like vegetable monster oh god i i think i do yeah was he like green or something no he was was did he retain his color yeah (laughs) he he retained his color but he was just like it was a part of the whole like healthy eating and plate thing where it was like he was like making the transition into uh vegetable monster but he was still called cookie monster but he was like trying to eat healthier right and then they were like he's a character if your kids are like addicted to cookies then you that's that's the parents fault (laughs) right exactly yeah i mean (laughs) it's like if you can't like differentiate the fact that this is just you know it's just a it's a muppet i mean (laughs) it's the same as the others yep um another thing what this is the anniversary of Dwight Eisenhower sending United States troop troops to Little Rock in 1957 to guard the nine African American students while entering the first ever integrated high school known as the Little Rock Nine. I think that is something that people should really like pay attention to because 1957 was not that long ago. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's really interesting. Um, when I mean, when I was growing up, I I had a couple of friends that were uh, you know some Mexican guys that lived in the in the neighborhood, and mm-hmm. and when I and in high school, I had friends who were black and Hispanic and mm-hmm. um, Asian and so forth, and so in my mind, like I knew these these concepts existed of like segregation and mm-hmm. and slavery and everything. Um, but it wasn't really until I got into college uh, where I l- really kind of understood and learned just how brutal uh, American history was oh, yeah. um, because it's really kind of glossed over. <laughs> you know what I mean? When you're when you're a kid and yeah, stuff like that, they kind of they just tell you all the good stuff. They don't really talk yeah. about uh, the fact that the United States was responsible for all, mass atrocities. Right. Oh, yeah. Um, 100%. And so, and you're right. I mean, it, it, and it wasn't it wasn't that long ago, and it you can it's a double edged sword too, right? Because it, it it was it was a small step that that helped move things in the right direction, mm-hmm. um, and then but the the flip side to it is that it was just it's just such a horrible chapter in the country's history, and I and I think that it still feeds into um, the reality that people experience today, you know, cause and I, I thought oh, yeah. when I was a kid kind of bringing it full circle is that I thought I figured, well, you know, it just, all it really took was a few generations to kind of break this mindset. Um, oh, but yeah. once, once we kind of saw what happened with the Obama presidency, <clears throat> the reality really kind of, you know, manifested it kinda, itself. It, it came back. It was, it was once we had, an african-american as president that's when people started to have a voice about their hatred and bigotry and and it it all like seeped back up through the floorboards and now we're just kind of drowning in it right now we're dealing with this kind of piece of shit who's uh (laughs) running the country you know and he's got his his base of pieces of shit that support him you know (laughs) and it's just a feedback loop uh, Mm -hmm. of of garbage basically so um back in 1937 only a year after jim henson was born uh on the same day was the uh german german chancellor adolf hitler meets with italian premier uh premier uh benito mussolini in munich for the first time and i thought that was like just 
you know, on one side of the world, you know, Jim Henson is turning one on that day. And on the other side of the world, something that would become absolutely one of the worst uh, situations. I, I feel bad referring to the Holocaust as a situation. Like, it, it was a tragedy. It was one of the worst tragedies in in, in the entire, like, human history. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the systematic elimination of anyone right mm -hmm. um just in general but targeting um jewish people um it, you know that's it, just uh i mean it, it's that it's that, that mindset you know that it's always somebody else's fault like you're not accountable for your own actions mm -hmm. you know and that you have to assign the blame to somebody else and then dehumanize them to the mm -hmm. point to where you're eliminating them right it's yeah. just it's a sickness um, that exists in in the minds of people for some reason, and it's just something that we cannot seem to move away from. You know, yeah. we've made improvements um, for sure, mm -hmm. but it's uh, still still a problem. You know, yeah. I I think that <clears throat> this is just this is on my own personal point of view is that I think that. Um, Part of the problem is that if you look at just the way that the system itself is built, right? Like, so we're every, any international system that's ever been created has always been built out of a conflict, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, even, even the modern day system came out of, uh, came out of conflict, right? So mm -hmm. that was based off of the treaty of Westphalia and then that was created the state-based models. And then you had world war one world war two and that's what drove like more international institutions and more regional unions um as as a way to avert conflict right but the problem with it is that you're trying to it's like it's like somebody that has an addiction you know they're mm -hmm. always trying to control their addiction instead of just stopping mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. you know and that's that's what the problem is with the way things are is that you're you have this model that's completely flawed right it's mm -hmm. the state-based system where it's based on separation people are divided from one another everyone's always fighting for what's theirs right. um <clears throat> if you look at the united states and there's not a lot of internal there's not like physical internal conflict with itself right. because it's a system that's that recognizes the independence of the states but is also unified as one nation so and like when you when you look at that as just like a case study as something that could actually work mm -hmm. um and the european unions move more in that direction they're starting to kind of fall apart a little bit on that mm -hmm. front with brexit right. and so forth but um <clears throat> but that's what you know those types of things that's what drives nationalism that's what drives division that's what drives a lot of stuff right that's mm -hmm. you're looking at the, the looking at it through that lens of the other you know, and it's like this whole thing with like Mexico and right. It's the other, you know, they're not us and stuff. And it's just these, this identity politics that just creates uh, serious problems, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I don't know what the solution is entirely. I, I can I don't point think to the really does. <laughs> right. I, but I, but I know that I, I know that we're, we're adhering to a system that's, that doesn't work. You know what right. I mean? That, that I can say with confidence, <laughs> something yeah. else needs to change, but it, we're so far away from that because people still identify with their country as is, is a part of who they are when it's not who they are. You know, if like right. people are, are more than that, they're at their, at their core, they're just people you know mm -hmm. um and i think that when when you when you see it through that lens first then it then it really kind of shifts the uh the trajectory as to um where things could go you know as Definitely. opposed to where things are <laughs> <laughs> and the final fact is that uh today or not today um it's actually like next wednesday or something um, was when uh, Scotland Yard, the official British criminal invest investigation organization, is formed in 1829. And when I read that, I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but it got me thinking, like, why is it called Scotland Yard? And so I did some digging and I found out that it was, it was only called Scotland Yard because that was the name of the street 
that it was like the building was on. <laughs> nice. There's not like any deep like back background story on that one. Exactly. <laughs> it's just it's been here for like almost 200 years now, and that's that's the name that they stuck with. It was just that's where the like it was. Um, it, I forget who was ruling at the time, but they took ownership of a building on the street called Scotland Yard. And they were like, this is where our intelligence agency is going to be. And then it just kind of stuck. They just left it as Scotland Yard. Yeah. Well, and it sounds just really cool too, right? Oh yeah, definitely. It's, it's, it's not like anything like the CIA or FBI or anything like that. It's Scotland Yard. It's very mysterious. Right. Well, and it's interesting too, because a lot of things that you kind of take for granted, like restaurants and stuff, like Taco Bell, I, I was always like, oh yeah, it's just, it's a fancy name. It's, you mm -hmm. know, it's the taco. They've got the bell and it's kind of representative of, I don't know, a giant bell that you'd see at a church or something, but, mm -hmm. but no, it's just that the, the owner's last name was Bell. <laughs> I mean, Are you I mean, it's like literally that easy, you know, I was just like, Oh really? I didn't, I didn't know that. You know, I, funny. even Hershey, I, I didn't even know that Hershey, the last name of, mm -hmm. of Hershey was, I thought, I thought they called it Hershey cause it was from Hershey, Pennsylvania, but it's oh, actually yeah. that the guy Hershey bought like the ground and, and created the town and then they called mm -hmm. it Hershey, Pennsylvania. Like I had no idea. I'm actually, so I don't know if you knew, but I'm actually from Pennsylvania. And okay. so I did, I did know about Hershey. I've been there plenty of times. There's actually a giant statue of Milton Hershey, like at Hershey Park. And, yeah. And uh, if you go through the town, there's like Hershey Kisses as the light, uh, the lampposts. Okay. Nice. It's, it's like the entire town's themed off of chocolate. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> he well, he wanted his like his vision was to create like a utopia. Basically, mm -hmm. that was his intent. Um, mm -hmm. So it's very very interesting. But yeah, Her Hershey, Pennsylvania is a nice little nice little nice little town. You know what the saddest part of that is? Is that they're they don't even make most of the chocolate there anymore. Really? Yeah, it's actually the the main Hershey factory is in is in Mexico now. Ah, I know that is kind of unfortunate. I I, I we did the um we did the tour, you know, the so chocolate they, world tour. Right. Yeah, and they yeah. showed all the stuff, and so like yeah, I think your baseline assumptions like oh they make the chocolate here that's so cool. Mm -hmm. But no. Yeah, that's what they that's what they want you to think. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's a part of the utopia, right? Yep. They just you're looking at it through like rose colored lenses. Yep. Alright, so that actually brings us to the end. Is there anything that you would like to uh, you know, shout out or give like give like special attention to? Yeah, um, I think, uh, you know, just as far as like where the Tweet of Spirit account is going, um, I so we're planning to release some some merch um, through mm -hmm. the uh, the feed and uh, I'm working with um, uh, someone named Atomic Pancake Maria. I think you, oh, yeah. I'm sure you know who yeah. she is. So she's uh, she's helping to create some artwork and we're going to basically um we're gonna we're gonna like re redo the pfp uh for tweet of spirit awesome. um yeah and and so that's going because i can't i can't use the one that i've got since it's a it's a trans ham symbol right, that's just yeah, basically I, colored green i love um, that i love that you chose that as like the one for the new account i was like oh cool you've got a trans am on there yeah i know it's awesome i i love i love that like trans am firebird so oh, yeah. but unfortunately i can't use it because it's right. uh it's Copy trademarked right yeah exactly <laughs> and i could get sued so so uh we're going to we're going to like kind of just be moving in that direction and then i'm going okay. to be looking into um uh like donating some of the revenue towards um things like uh ocean cleaning projects and reforestation um so that you know people can just kind of feel like hey i got this cool merchandise but i also um am like you know, donating towards a good cause, you know, so. Yeah. Definitely. I think that's awesome. Is it, when do you think that's, uh, that'll hit the, sh hit the store shelves? So yep. To speak? So I'm, I'm actually, uh, I'm going to be connecting with her and her, uh, this weekend and she's going to be, uh, just kind of delivering some concepts. Um, and then we're going to pretty much take it from there. Awesome. Um, 
but I think I, I think it would be cool to you know not not just you know she's she's awesome in terms of like her artistic abilities but also like just getting input from other artists i'd love to have like just kind of a different array of uh merchandise that's really unique to the account um and just have a kind of a different approach you know yeah that'd be awesome i i i'll definitely be interested in that if you want uh once this comes out this is gonna be coming out let me real quick this is going to come out on friday the 27th okay so i once the merch comes out i can uh throw that in the description below and uh it can give a link to wherever uh your stuff is being sold i'm personally very excited for that i remember you mentioned that on uh, the facts thing that you were doing yeah so and I, I didn't know that you were doing it with Maria. I love her. She's, I think that'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's awesome. Uh, her and I, <laughs> I think almost any time I, uh, I post something about, uh, like climate change or anti-vaxxers, she always has like a SpongeBob mock <laughs> gift <laughs> like right after. So her and I will go back and forth on that. It's, it's pretty entertaining. She's great. That's awesome. Cool. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Everyone go, on Twitter and follow at tweet of spirit underscore. I'll throw that up on the screen if you're watching it on YouTube or whatever. But uh, definitely go follow him. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. If you ever want to come back, just let me know because I'm sure that everyone would love to hear some more from you. Absolutely. No, thanks. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. All right, so that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, please give a like, share it wherever you feel like, you know, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, if you want. You can tag me, information's on the screen, all that jazz. And uh, I think that's it, so I will see you guys next time.